Examples of an untamed tongue at work include gossiping, belittling, cursing, bragging, manipulating, false teaching, exaggerating, complaining, flattering, and lying. Do you struggle in any of those areas that Pastor Leighton Sheely just mentioned? He's in the book of James, the third chapter in this study, as we continue verse by verse through the book of James. And if you've missed any of the previous conversations or presentations, you can find them on the web at our website, studyversebyverse.com. And please remember, we're a nonprofit outreach dependent upon your prayer support and your financial support. I'll uh, talk just a little bit more about that at the end of the program. And because teachers primary teaching is through verbal communication, it was very important for them to maintain control of what they said, to think about what they said and make sure that it, it's right. Because in their position, teachers could present wrong doctrine and lead the church astray. Or if they had evil intentions, they could create divisions within the church uh, by promoting themselves instead of Christ. Or they could teach some divisive theology or some divisive practice. And we have examples in the New Testament of teachers who went astray, failed in their responsibility, and became false teachers. There were teachers who tried to turn Christianity into a form of Judaism and introduce circumcision in the keeping of the law. There there were teachers whose lives were a contradiction to what they taught. There were teachers who thought that they could teach before they were taught. And there were teachers who wanted to tickle the ears of their audience. They're more entertainers than they are teachers. And it seems here that James is blaming these teachers in the community for the false practices of favoritism and faith without works, which we covered in the previous chapter. And so he's dealt with those errors. Now he's focusing on the source of those errors, which are these false teachers. Verse 2, For we all stumble in many ways, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. So he says, We all stumble in many ways. You notice he uses the word we. He includes himself. We all, all of us, stumble uh, in many ways. The word many can mean either many in number or many in variety, and it probably means both here. We we just, uh, and and, and the word stumble means to, to go astray or to sin. And because we're prone to make mistakes in our speech, we need to be very, very careful that we ask God to control what we say. He's the one who can affect our perspectives. He's the one who can affect our thoughts and our motivations and our, our choice of words and the impact they have on the recipient. He says, and if anyone does not stumble in what he says, he is a perfect man. Now, the word perfect here can cause some confusion because for many of us, the word immediately comes to mind sinless, and we know that nobody is sinless except Jesus. But the word perfect here means mature, mature. So <clears throat> the tongue reveals the level of maturity of the Christian. The ability to control the tongue is a mark of maturity in a true Christian, able to bridle his whole body. That means to keep control of the passions. If we can keep control of our tongue, whatever drink, we're going to be able to take control of our body. And, and that expression to bridle introduces the following text. If we, we, if we put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us, we guide their whole bodies as well. Look at the ships also, though they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. So also the tongue is a small member, and yet it boasts of great things. So verse 3 begins three illustrations that describe the power of the tongue. 
The relationship between the tongue and the body is like that between the bit and the horse, the rudder and the ship, the fire and the forest. They all show us that something small can produce an effect, something that's really great. The tongue is very small and yet it's able to boast of great things. Curtis Vaughn wrote, it can sway men to violence or it can move them to the noblest actions. It can instruct the ignorant, encourage the dejected, comfort the sorrowing, and soothe the dying. Or it can crush the human spirit, destroy reputations, spread distrust and hate, and bring nations to the brink of war. We see this evidenced over and over again in our history in dictators like Adolf Hitler and the Ayatollah Khomeini and Joseph Stalin and Saddam Hussein used their words to seduce and manipulate people to do ungodly, destructive things. We put bits into the mouths of horses so that they obey us. We know if we just put a little bit into the mouth of the horse, we can direct that whole, its whole body. And if we can just control our tongue, we can control the direction of life. Ships are guided by very small rudder whenever the will of the pilot directs. A rudder is really small in comparison to the size of the ship, and yet by exerting pressure on that rudder, a steersman can alter the course of the ship towards safety or danger. And many a ship has run, uh, has run aground when the rudder failed, it broke, or the pilot failed to control the rudder. And, and ships in the time of James' writing were driven by sails. And James here points out that a rudder controls the huge ship in the midst of strong winds. And the word strong here means hard, rough, and cruel. But when you apply it to winds, it, it talks about violence and, and gales and storms. And a healthy rudder is particularly important in a storm because you need to keep the bow pointed into the waves. And if the rudder breaks or you lose control of the rudder, the ship can go sideways and be capsized by the waves. It is so very important that in the storm of interpersonal conflict that we keep control of our rudder, that we keep control of our tongue. We've seen how ships, oil takers, have run aground and caused all kinds of damage. Without control, destruction is sure to follow. Now, what we say and what we don't say are both important because proper speech is more than saying the right thing at the right time, the right way, and so forth. It's also controlling our desire to say something when we, would, we should keep our mouths shut and knowing when to. Examples of an untamed tongue at work include gossiping, belittling, cursing, bragging, manipulating, false teaching, exaggerating, complaining flattering, and lying. We should always think before we speak and ask, is this true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Is it good? Is it uplifting? Is it godly? Think before we speak. How great a force to set ablaze by such a small fire. Now the First two analogies, that of the bit and rudder, were directed upon at the, the tongue's effect on the individual. And this third analogy describes the effect beyond the individual. You see, 
Fire is often used in the Bible as a symbol of judgment, but here it's used as a symbol of destruction. And what he's saying is the tongue has a destructive power that is similar to that of fire. You know, there were few disasters in the ancient world that were more feared than fire because they had so few resources to fight a fire. They didn't have fire trucks and they didn't have aerial tankers and, and they didn't have fire hoses. They had buckets to carry water from whatever the source of water was in the city to where the fire was. And if a fire got out of control, it would just keep burning until it was done. And when I say ancient world, it wasn't that long ago. It was 1871 when the great Chicago fire took place, killed hundreds of people. The same day that that fire broke out, there was a fire that broke out in Wisconsin that cost the lives of more than 1,000 people. California has recently experienced some wildfires that have destroyed many, many homes and displaced many, many people and, and cost many, many lives. And even after the fire was over, it wasn't over. Because a few months after that, there was a mudslide in Santa Barbara because of the damage that was done by the fire. There, there wasn't foliage to hold back the mud. And so more lives and more homes were lost. The fires can be huge. They can be immense. And it all begins with a small flame, a spark. A small rumor can cause the destruction of a person, a marriage, a family, a church, a business. A few ungodly words can cause immense damage. And Satan uses the tongue to divide people and pit them against each other. It is so very, very important that we are not careless with our words, thinking that, well, if I'll just apologize later and everything will be fine. Even if you apologize with the sincerest of motives, the damage remains. Words are like fire. They can neither control nor reverse the damage they do. They just keep on keeping on. Jesus said, I tell you that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word they have spoken, think before we speak. And the tongue is a fire, a world of unrighteousness. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body, setting on fire the entire course of life, and set on fire by hell. He describes it as a world of unrighteousness. The word world here is the word cosmos, and in almost every part of the New Testament, the word cosmos is a reference to the world that is at enmity with God. Is, is, is without God. For instance, in John 14, 17, Jesus said, the world cannot receive the Spirit, speaking of the Spirit of God. And then a few verses later, uh, Jesus manifests himself to the disciples, but not to the world. The next chapter, verse 18, the world hates him and therefore hates his disciples. In chapter 18, Jesus' kingdom is not of this world. Paul condemns the wisdom of this world. In 1 Corinthians 1.20, and Christians are not to be conformed to this world in Romans 12.2. The word cosmos means the world without God, the world at, at enmity, hostile to God. The tongue is at enmity with God. The tongue is set among our members, staining the whole body. There are very few sins a person can commit where the tongue is not somehow involved. 
As you think back on the regrets that you have in your life, would you agree with Pastor Leighton Sheely that they have something to do, at least, with what you said, with the tongue? We'll come back and conclude this message on the next edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, on the web at highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Any messages you've missed in this series, you can find on our website for the ministry, studyversebyverse.com. You can download those there. That's studyversebyverse.com. You can also contribute to the ministry. Join with us as a partner in that way. It's safe and secure at studyversebyverse.com. I'm Mike Trout, as always, so glad you've joined us for these brief minutes today. I hope you'll plan to be back tomorrow. We'll be here at this same time with Pastor Leighton Sheely as he opens the Word of God once again and helps us study verse by verse.